This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is a safe place. A place where we can feel free sharing our feelings. Think of my office as a nest and a tree of trust and understanding. We can say anything. Anything. This is Dirt and Sprague. Deep down, I'm, I'm feeling a little confused. I mean, suddenly you get married and you're supposed to be this entirely different guy. I don't, I don't, I don't feel different. With Andy Dirt Johnson. I have to look over at a certain point during the meal and see a, a waitress taking an order. And, uh, and I find myself wondering uh, what color her underpants might be. Her panties. And Brendan Sprague. Odds are they're probably basic white cotton underpants but I, I started thinking maybe they're silk panties maybe maybe it's maybe it's a thong maybe it's something really cool that i don't even know about you know dirt and spray gone 1080 what what i thought we were in the trust tree with in the nest are we not the fan in the world of change. all right welcome back in hour number two dirt and spray here on 1080 the fan 99.5 hd2 in the odyssey app uh, a lot to get to here in the second hour of the show we haven't even gotten to jim ursay yet a talking moron. <laughs> I'm in the upper quartile. I don't know about you guys. I'm in the top quartile. You're in the upper quartile of the upper quartile. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm a quartile, quartile guy. You don't know yeah. a good coach, but you kind of know it when you see you it. You see it when you know it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you yeah. also don't know how to make sausage, but here you are yeah. making sausage. Every morning, baby. I do know I'm not a rocket scientist. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> or a surgeon, a rocket surgeon. Yes. Uh, a lot to get to here in the second hour. I want to kind of glance over the college football playoff committee and what we think they're going to do tonight, who they're okay. going to piss off. But I want to start the second hour. So there was, I, I don't even know how to, to begin to describe, some random report over the weekend, <laughs> Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, some bro at SI, some affiliate SI, Auburn coverage beat reporter guy, tweeting out that there was mutual interest between Dan Lanning and Auburn. Now, I, I saw this. I didn't retweet it. I paid it no mind. I thought, why, why do I care about this? I I don't. And I know why Duck Fan does, but I find it I, – I just kind of find the whole thing a little funny, a little bit. Because I know you had a coach burn you after a year. But it wasn't like the last guy left after a year again. He was there for four years. Like – you say what you want about him leaving and preaching loyalty. His hometown came calling and offered him a truckload of money, and he gave you four great years, conference championships, Rose Bowl title, Fiesta game appearances. Like He, he had a successful little run there, recruiting classes you had never seen. And so I, I just kind of find the Duck fan perspective here, and it's probably easy for me to say this because I'm an Oregon State fan, but hey, you shut your mouth. I do find like the the trauma of the whole thing as soon as it's even uttered that he his name could be in the running for anything, even if it's unsubstantiated reporting, it's like instantly doom and gloom. 
And before I get to the landing thing, I just can you please explain this to me? Well, I think I think part of that is you're seeing the, the vocal reaction from the minority on Twitter. I, I think the, the the vast majority of us saw this, and you just had a chuckle. Like, I, maybe he leaves. I don't know Dan Lanning personally. <laughs> maybe he's the guy that's going to bounce after one year. He's got a fifteen million dollar buyout or fourteen million dollar buyout in year one of his contract. My advice to people when these random reports come out on SI. Don't click it. Like, we had a guy tweet us this link. I didn't even want to read it because it's some BS. Uh, uh, according to the replies, he had mentioned Auburn one time in a sentence like two years ago, and therefore there's a direct link and he has interest in the job. I, I think there is a there's a vocal minority that will panic and say the sky is falling every time one of these stories comes out. And then the majority of us just look at it, you kind of chuckle, you say, God, I hope it's not true, but I'm not panicking by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of what you just said there. Um, the interesting thing is, like, the whole I, I don't know Dan Lanning. I, I mean, I yeah, we don't know him personally, but I think you get kind of a feel for people. Well, here's what I'll like say. Like, Mario was an in- – I didn't know Mario. Instantly, you just know red ass. Yeah. Football yeah. red ass. Yeah, jackass, yeah. Uh, there was a lot of that. I hear well, you said that, not me. I said red ass. That's a different thing. We don't need to apologize to him anymore. He can't hurt us anymore, we, Brandon. We. <laughs> I, I had to write the email. What do you mean, we? God, he had a line yesterday about Trey Benson, about these are the kind of guys that we recruit to build our programs. It was like, wait, what? Trey Benson he, that just that played at Florida State all over ran you. All, these are the kind of guys that we're bringing. Like he, Lost you recruited him at points. Oregon, and then he transferred to Florida State. Like, what the hell are you talking about, man? It's, it's just a something he's no, pointing I just, to. But here's my message to Duck fans: is simply this. Yeah. I don't know what the future holds. I am a hopeless romantic when these things. When when you get a coach, I, the, the man crush that exists between the Oregon fan base and this coaching staff could not be any higher, man. Sure. From week one to lose, the way that they've responded, the way the offense is clicking, the way that they're recruiting, like everything is going in the right direction. And there's a ton of optimism around the program. If you go back to a little less than a year ago when you were fresh off getting your ass whooped by Utah twice in three weeks and getting blown out in the in the Alamo Bowl and having your coach leave and not knowing what the program was going to look like for the next couple of years, you would take this in a heartbeat. I, I am not going to hold the sins of the former coaches against the current guy. Like, just because Taggart bounced after one year, just because Cristobal bounced after four years to go back home, it does not mean that Dan Lanning is going to leave, too, at the first opportunity that comes up. Like, I think sometimes this is a girl cheats on you, and then you get another girlfriend, and every time you have a new girlfriend, you think that she's going to cheat on you. Well, this one's not a cheater, potentially. The last one you dated was the cheater. So I think everybody just needs to take a deep breath if you are panicking. But I think the majority of Duck fans that I talk to, this wasn't even really a thing. This was like, yeah. oh, like what? Some That's ra- kind of what I thought, but you're right. Twitter. Some random dude found this yes. in the hinder regions of Twitter. I don't even know how you find a column like this from a guy that has like 3,000 followers on Twitter saying there's a mutual uh, agreement. less than that. He's like 700. 700. Like, yeah. what, 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 are we, what are we doing here? Uh, by the way, the buyout for Harson was $15 million. Landings is $14 million. You assume salary plus new staff. I mean, you're looking at is Auburn Auburn's going to go spend forty six million dollars on a guy paying that's the guy one before Harson? Yes, Malzahn? yes, Malzahn. They're still doing the Gus Malzahn buyout. He's not coaching somewhere, and that got canceled out because sometimes it, it, that it took off of the overall buyout. But they're still paying him. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. So that that was another part. Here was Dan Lanning. He was asked about this in his press conference. I I can understand his perspective of God. I got to answer this question. These coaches are never truthful. Just FYI, like in ever any setting. But that being said, 
I thought he nailed his answer. Here it was. First off, I'll say, when you know, things like this are going to come up when you have team success and when you do your job and things go the way, you know, they're supposed to go. That's credit really to our team. That being said, I think there's a, a little bit of a problem in society today with people looking for what's next and where where there's an opportunity. And the reality is, you know, the grass is not always greener. In fact, the grass is damn green in Eugene, right? And I want to be here in Eugene for as long as Eugene will have me. This place has everything that I could possibly ever want. Uh, my family could ever want. I've got an 11-year-old that's lived in eight states. The last thing I ever want to do is leave, right? So I, I want to enjoy this opportunity here. It's been a phenomenal place for us. Um, and when you talk about things that align, things that, that match your vision, what you're looking for as a head coach, you know, Oregon checks every box for me, right? So when other people, I, th I think history maybe shows that it's this is a great place to be and not a great place to leave. I want to be here. And uh, hopefully that's the last time I have to really address it. But the reality is this is a destination, not just for me, but for elite players. And why is it a destination? Because great administration, great fans, um, great support. Um, and it's a good reason to be here and why we're having success that we're having. He will never admit this. Absolute daggers thrown at Taggart and Cristobal with that line of he's seen the stuff that Cristobal said. Oh, he's we I, left the program on a good yeah. spot. Like there's yeah. a lot of first year head coaches that are having success, and yeah. Cristobal is trying to take credit for what Lanning is doing in Eugene. He's actively been trying because he's got nothing else to rest on in Miami right now. As you saw, they got beat down by 40 plus against their hated rival Florida State. Even yes. though there's like 30 transfers on this roster, including your quarterback, your top two running backs, your best defensive. Oh, back, I, I, look, yeah. nobody would argue with the coaching acumen here. I I I think in one year I've already been convinced this staff is clearly better than the last. When the last one had success, so I don't know. I, I I just I love that answer. Even if a coach is ever in a position of leaving, we've seen it before. I've actually, seen it in Eugene from Taggart. They're never gonna be truthful with this stuff. Mario denied this stuff too. I just think he's taking the right approach here, and he is saying the right things. And I just I do not buy that in one year he's going to another gig. So like I don't want to give any more energy to that. No, that story. And I thought he nailed his answer yesterday. If you're a Duck fan, you were probably pretty happy with what he said yesterday. Yeah, yeah, thrilled. That the was that was about as emphatic as you could be. Green in Eugene. Yeah. Did you mean? Do you think he actually meant the grass or the cha-ching, cha-ching? <laughs> I don't know. Dan, well, he's going to well. get a, he's going to get a payday this off season for sure. They're going to give him a bump and a raise and an extension. Oh yeah, if they like win the Pac-12 championship yeah. and either yeah. go to the Rose Bowl or get into the playoffs. We do this. Some... Uh, by the way, not that he's not deserving, but we do this with every coach at we every should program. Not. Yes, we should not. Every year they have one good year, and it's like, here you go. Here's all the money because of the yeah. coaching carousel, because yeah. of these rumors that come in, because you have programs that are willing to spend. Texas A&M is kicking around the idea of spending $90 million to not have Jimbo Fisher work anymore. Yes. And that's why. Like, Michigan State and Penn State, I don't think James Franklin and Mel Tucker are top five coaches in college football, but they're paid like it. Yes, they are. Because those schools didn't want to live in the reality of having to go find another guy. Mel Tucker had one year at Michigan State, and they gave him a $100 million contract extension. David Shaw's top ten paid in the country, and that Stanford team's the yeah. second worst team in the Pac-12. <laughs> that's like, not going to yeah. change until university administrations go to their athletic department and say, we got to knock this off. We're not doing yeah. this anymore. This is insane.
Yeah, I'm, I tend to agree with the final point you made there, though. I like I'm, we had to bring up the point that he he spoke about it at his press conference last night. I saw this. I thought that's awesome. I'm glad that he was emphatic and shot it down. Could he be a liar? Of course he could. I'm also not going to call him a liar until he gives me a reason. No, to call I'm not him calling a liar. him a liar. I know you're stretch, not. I know. Yeah. I'm just. I, but I agree with the ultimate point of like, dude. There's three games left in the regular season. Oregon's playing Washington this weekend. Then they're playing Utah. Then it's the Civil War. All three of those games could be could be against ranked teams. Oregon is going to be favored in all three of those games. Mm-hmm. and they have a legitimate shot to win all three and rattle off 11 consecutive wins after losing their opening game and getting to the Pac-12 championship. Like, all the college football playoff noise that's going to come out tonight, who's ranked, where are they, all this crap about Dan Lanning and Auburn that is unfounded and came out of nowhere. Like, I want to get back to fo- – this is my Josh Pate rant. Like, this, we're becoming, this is like an NBA kind of thing. Like, why are we focusing on all this outside crap? Dude, there is a great game happening in Eugene between two rivals who hate each other, and I'm ready to kick the crap out of the Huskies on Saturday. I don't care about what some dude who writes for SI with 700 followers has to say. Woo! Thank you. That's the same energy I carry with the NBA every day. Hey, Anthony right? Davis might be traded. Like, who, what are we well, doing? Good. Giannis Trade is him. having a generational year. <laughs> They're nine and one. The Bucks have lost one game, and Giannis is averaging like 800 points a game. God, can we talk about the? Can we talk about the sport? Ten for crying out loud. Thirty and ten. <laughs> yeah, I don't think our Dame MVP tickets are cashing. <laughs> have you seen what Luca's doing too? By the way, Luca's Luca, Luca's off to a better start than like he's off <laughs> yes. to a Wilt Chamberlain start. Yeah, thirty points, five assists in every and game, eight straight games something or like something. Yeah, yeah, like some obscene <laughs> amount, just unbelievable. But let's talk about Kyrie Irving's crazy conspiracy theories. <laughs> Uh, we stick in college football. Bill Conley coming up at the bottom of the hour. There was a snafu in my scheduling here. Oh, okay. Brad Spieg- Spielberger, excuse me, if I spit all over myself, confirmed 8 a.m. Okay. There was a miscommunication there, but he's good. Conley at the bottom of the hour. Coming up next, more college football. I want to get your early thoughts on UW Oregon and who will the committee piss off tonight. We'll get to that next on the. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Bill Conley's like every one of us. He apologized publicly to Bo Nix. It's been a great football season of apologies. Geno Smith, Bo Nix. 
Dan Lanning after game one. Like, there's a lot of apologies going around right now. Um, and we'll talk to Bill Conley about the college football playoff, the Pac-12, Oregon, Bo Nix coming up at 7.30. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus at 8 a.m. I'm officially on upset alert. Oregon State got announced. 11.15 a.m. game at ASU. It's a little <laughs> wonky. It's a little weird, and I don't like it. Okay? I'm really curious for this week's game, too, because Cal has found... I don't know how much we make of the USC performance. I was going to say, did they find it? Because two weeks ago they looked awful. Well, I, I mean, they <laughs> hung around with Oregon in that game. Yes, that, I know. Was, I mean, it was 21-10 at the half. They weren't getting blown out. I didn't have any confidence they were going to continue to keep up offensively, though. No, I didn't think they had a chance to win it. But I thought defensively they bottled Oregon up. They got a couple of red zone stops. They hit some deep pass plays. Like, they, you know, they were they were serviceable in that game. And they, they hung damn near 40 on USC on Saturday night. USC is a different kind of bad defensively right now, though. They're down. That is true. Their defense um, stinks. We'll see. I, I told you I'm, I'm worried about all these games. You don't have a quarterback. Like, there's right. literally not a quarterback in Corvallis that you trust. The Beavs are favored by two touchdowns. I'm not touching that spread. <laughs> After, yeah. I, you have to on Thursday, baby. Uh, I'm not touching in terms of, I'm not taking Oregon State. Like, Cal, Cal is a weird game. They beat them last year. I, I don't know what to make of that. The Oregon State and Oregon spreads are nearly identical, 14 and 13 and a half. How are you feeling about that? It is Oregon-Washington week here, and everybody's excited because you got a top 25 matchup. I... I've texted with a couple Huskies. I'll tell you right now, I've got some honest feedback of, yeah, I don't really like our chances. It's kind of plays into Oregon's hand a little bit. Uh-huh. The running game should be dominant for Oregon. Uh, and even the secondary of, or- of Washington, it's it's not strong. Oregon State can't take advantage. Oregon definitely can. How are you feeling about this matchup as we, we kind of peek ahead and we look at it on a Tuesday? I think we're in in tune for a very entertaining and fun game. Really? I do. You I think the Washington Huskies are going to hang around in this one? I think they can hang around for sure, yeah. If you look at the weakness of Oregon's defense, it is undoubtedly, one, getting pressure on a quarterback, and two, defending the pass. Yeah. I know they had a couple of picks. Gonzalez had a big game this last weekend. Addison's been playing really well. But Bridges has been a concern at the other corner. Like They've had some holes in the secondary, and they've had some trouble guarding guys uh, covering guys with linebackers and crossing routes and all that kind of stuff. I have no doubt that Washington is going to move the football. I have no doubt that Washington is going to score a decent amount of points in this game. But I don't have any confidence that Washington's defense is going to be able to get a stop. So I think the, I think there's a fun conversation to be had about the spread. I like the chances of the overhitting again like I did in the UCLA game. I kind of see it similar to that. I, just, I, I think Oregon's offense, the way they're executing right now, puts them a hair above everybody else. And it starts with their offensive line. And their ability to be balanced. You want to take away the run. All right, go ahead. Washington's got a decent run defense. We're going to torch you in the secondary. You want to try and back up a little bit. We're going to run the football on you. They're just, they can come at you in waves. But I wouldn't be surprised at all. This is a fun back and forth. Washington hits a couple of deep shots. You get a 24-20 game at the half. Maybe not quite that high scoring. But uh, I could see this being fun before Oregon finally separates. Well, it's always exciting when you got a good rivalry that, that is close. You never Nobody really wants to watch the blowout. It, it's probably the worst thing and the worst feeling is when you get excited about a rivalry and then the TV turns on and, oh, there you go, there's a blowout. Like Georgia-Tennessee was exciting on paper and then instantly you're like oh well okay there there's georgia all by themselves they're a class above everybody else top of the mountain i i hope you're right on the u-dub keeping it close i, I don't think u-dub's gonna get like murdered by any stretch i just i could see a world where in a key drive Penix and washington go three and out but talk about redemptions and apologies i mean i i think i still kind of owe one to michael Penix jr they, yeah they, they named him the starter and i thought really I saw that Indiana, it wasn't anything that special. 
Kalen DeBoer has seemingly turned that, that thing around from where they were a year ago. I got reminded of that. Somebody put out a video on Twitter of the Oregon-Washington game last year, and I was reminded that they were indeed down eight points with a minute 53, and Jimmy Lake opted to punt on fourth and ten, yeah. and then they hiked the ball out of the back of the end zone. Yeah. And I just forgot how stupid that coaching staff was last year. This was the game that got him fired. He shoved a player on the sideline. That started the whole thing. I would argue his whole season got well, him fired. Sure. But yeah, this was the cherry on yeah. top of the, the crap Sunday. Yeah. So here's my question, though. Dan Lanning comes from the SEC in Georgia. Really no experience on the West Coast. Kalen DeBoer coming in. Do you, I, I don't know where... I know the fans don't need any reason to get the the rivalry going. Will that feed down, or you think these coaches? Oh, I think they're all in oh, on the I think, rivalry. I think you think so? So yeah, I watched yeah. the Lanning presser. He does his Monday night presser. Yeah, I watched the whole thing last night because I'm always curious. Is there anything he's going to say? And usually nothing. I'm football just wondering related. how that gets imparted to guys. That... He said he's been talking like he had conversations immediately with the likes of Bellotti and Dan Fouts, oh, okay. and it came up instantly like this this game is a big deal and it's great to have a coach that feeds into it i love that that was one of the things i always disliked about chip kelly is that you would oh, go I into these rivalry that. games yeah. and he would go nameless faceless it doesn't matter who we're playing it's like dude that. stop it this game yeah. is different you know the game is different when yep. you're playing colorado or washington right there's a different emotion you want your team to show up and play their tail off every weekend i get that argument uh but he he has had comments like immediately in the post game on saturday and last night and even kaylin DeBoer, he had a great quote where he said uh Something to the effect of, I have not been in a, you know, talk with boosters or big alumni or administrating officials. I have not had any of those meetings since being hired that the the notion of how important it is to beat Oregon has not been brought up. So I think these guys understand it and they get it. might get fog rolling in in the second half. Oh, it's going to be cold. I I just, I think it's fun. I I think the aesthetic is great, too. It's the purple and gold in Autzen, and hopefully they're wearing somewhat of their colors and not going some weird, like, wow, wow, really? Hey, we're doing Hawaiian jerseys today. (laughs) No green, just turquoise. Why don't you go worry about your nutria, right? Why don't you worry about your little river rat? I'm worried if they pulled out those I'm worried about my quarterback. You think they go with the gold helmets? Hell yeah. Bring out the gold helmet. Who, Why the Huskies? Not? Yeah. The ones they copied Oregon on. They could probably yeah. wear those this no, weekend. I love oh. that he got that shot oh. in. Yeah. You know what's funny about this? It's important. Except they're stupid because they're Adidas. <laughs> it, it's it's important to always remember and, 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 and understand rivalries. Yeah. Lamar Hurd, I had him on Jack Ramsey's a couple days ago, and he said something that stuck with me that I, I can't believe I'm bringing this back. His first game in his, in his first year at Oregon State, in his uh, first Oregon game, they were in Corvallis, and he said Jimmy Anderson came, former coach of the Beavs. He's been around. He comes and talks to the team. And Lamar Hurd comes from Texas. He comes to Oregon. What does he know about Oregon, Oregon State, right? And he says he's in the locker room, and Jimmy Anderson is talking. And as he's talking, he's building. He's building, and he's building. <laughs> and he starts getting emotional. And he says Jimmy Anderson got to the end of that speech and was just crying about what this meant. And Lamar goes, and I was such an emotional young man that I started crying, watching him cry, and instantly I hated Oregon. And he said from then on, the rivalry was established, and I think we need this. These are important things that we need, and the Chip Kelly approach is dumb. When does Kenny Wheaton address the team? I want to get Kenny Wheaton on the show. God, that would be so badass if they broke out the throwbacks again. They haven't worn those in a long time. I mean, 
yeah, I, I look, the Last jersey thing is a separate was, conversation. Yep, you guys when, like yeah. to wear these Oreo uniforms now. Like you got a great hey, color scheme, you hey, got great logos. Hey. But let's wear Oreo uniforms so we can dip in milk or whatever the hell you guys do. You but wear whatever you want as long as they make it sixteen out of eighteen. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm let, wondering. Yeah, I'm wondering if this is the week Dan Fouts shows up, Ahmad Rashad, Bobby Moore shows Jim up. Fout, uh, Dan Fouts ain't leaving Bend, Oregon. He ain't leaving his comfort of Bend, Oregon to come to this. He'll game. zoom. He'll zoom in. He'll zoom in. We'll zoom you in. Oh, let, Phil, Phil, go out with the jet and get him out for the <laughs> day. Come I, on. Think, I think Dan still has a CBS rights to the jet so he can do those NFL games. <laughs> yeah. I think he still has access to it. It's a quick jaunt from the Sun River Executive Airport over well, to Eugene. By the way, what a life Dan Fouts has lived. Great life. Great college career. Hall of Fame Hall of NFL Famer. career. And then he goes, I'm going to live in Bend, Oregon, and you're going to give me jet access to go to any NFL game I want and call. We need yep. to call his agent. That's who we need to call. Dan Fouts would be fun to talk to. I want to get to this before we get to Conley. Honesty is important on the show, even if it if it's against your own interests here. I told you guys yesterday, I love this Oregon State team. They don't have a quarterback. And so no. it's going to be tough for them to win any of the final three games, despite what the point spread tells you. I ask you seriously, as much as you hate Washington, uh-huh. what is your quick synopsis, your viewpoint on how Kalen DeBoer makes you feel about the future for that program? I, I, I'm not scared because of where Oregon is at and the way they're recruiting. I think Kalen DeBoer has done a great job making them relevant offensively again. I think he is a terrific head coach. Uh, does it mean that Washington is never going to beat Oregon again? Of course not. He's got to show it on the recruiting trail, though. Like, Oregon already has two five-stars in the fold coming in with this class with Lanning. They got a chance to go get two more, potentially. Like, their recruiting class is ranking near the top ten of the country. And that's a big deal when it comes to building talent and wanting to win conference titles. He scares me more than Jimmy Lake scared me because Jimmy Lake didn't know how to coach football. Well, God. Kalen I mean. DeBoer is a, is a very good football coach. But at some point when Oregon – like, the, the thing with the old staff was you could out X's and O's them. Oregon would have more talent than you. They'd have more stars than you. But you could out-scheme Mario Cristobal because all he knew was offensive linemen. This staff so far has shown, at least in Pac-12 play, that that is not the case. That, they that they're combining advantage. the talent and they're combining the X's and O's. And that's why Oregon fan is the most excited they've been in a really long time. You know that I occasionally root for you, Dub. My cousin went there. I don't hate the Huskies the way you do. I, I do hope he get, continues to get that program. Oh, absolutely. It's just the conference is they well, need Washington especially, to Especially, yeah, if, if the conference is going to remain essentially right. as it is, regardless of whatever rumor might happen with San Diego State. Boy, the, but, the source battle on San Diego State yesterday. <laughs> the my West, sources are indicating Cleveland High School might be going to the Pac-12. Yeah. The West Coast journalist versus DP. <laughs> I loved it. Wilner had like nine tweets yesterday. It was just like, shot, 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 <laughs> shot. It was like, dude, I mean, you clearly can, seem very agitated by this. Can we also call a spade a spade nobody cares? <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, like, nobody cares. No. That's not that is the that is the biggest nothing burger. That is story a big nothing burger. Of all, like, cool. We Except can go to San for, Diego if we want to go to a Pac-12 well, road game. Like, that's yeah. the only. Benefit I would say there. San Diego State probably cares more than anybody else. Yeah, it's a big deal for the them. The difference between a Pac-12 paycheck and a Mountain yeah, West it's a big paycheck deal, man. is a deal. All right, coming up next, we talk more college football. Bill Conley publicly apologizing to Bo Nix. Let's talk about that next. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 
in this wide world of sports. Some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about. And some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing. Born at the Beach. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Tuesday. Brought to you on the fan by Pelican Brewing Company. Born at the Beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. Excited for our guest today, and it is Bill Connolly, our good friend, ESPN college football writer, professional nerd, the man behind the SP Plus model, and his latest piece is right in line what we've been having to do the entire time because we had to apologize to Bo Nix multiple times early in the season. His latest piece is 10 Things I Got Wrong This Season from Bo Nix's Rise uh, to Oklahoma. First off, Bill, good morning to you. Welcome to the club. Are you talking down a tube pipe? It sounds like it right now. Yeah, it does sound <laughs> like it. Uh, how, how did the apology to Bo Nix go? Because we've had to do that many times this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it, every week he completes 75, 80% of his passes um, with, you know, granted he had a behind the head fourth down pass the other day. So he's still got a little Bo Nix in it, but it's just kind of incredible the control he's playing with and the control that the Oregon offense is playing with at the moment. And, and, you know, it's been that way since the first game that, you know, even the Georgia blowout uh, obviously was awful in many different ways, but they moved the ball efficiently by far the best success rate that anybody's had on Georgia this year. They, they hit a brick wall at about the Georgia 35, 40 yard line, every single drive, Mm -hmm. but they consistently moved the ball. And then when they started playing mortal defenses, they absolutely torched them. So it's been, it's been amazing. I mean, I, we, we saw a lot of him at Auburn um, and it really was, he kind of, he seemed to trust his mobility and his, you know, on the fly decision making more than he should have. And he ran into trouble as much as he made plays. And I just didn't really see him as the answer. Uh, he has new system, new teammates, new everything, and it worked out beautifully for him. Yeah, Bill, thanks for the reminder about that behind-the-back pass, too. I'd forgotten <laughs> about that play. On a fourth down, this yeah. guy just throws the ball, no look over his shoulder. Let ah, me... what the hell? <laughs> yeah, there was nobody open. Let me ask you a two-parter on that. One, what are you seeing specifically with Bo? That stands out because, as he mentioned, I mean, we've apologized publicly. I, I know you wrote it in your piece. I'm just curious what you've seen from Bo that's really sticking out for you that's different. And kind of on that, Kenny Dillingham. I, I mean, this was a dude, Bill, yep. coming in. He's 32 years old. Nobody knows what he's going to be as a play caller. There's people that are uneasy about it. People are confident about it. Nobody knows how to feel, how to feel. It looks like one of the best offenses in all of college football. I'm not off on that, am I? Oh no! I mean, they're they're fourth in offensive FP plus right now, and they're and and I say that with the caveat of they've overachieved projections like six of the last eight games or seven of the no 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 sorry like eight straight games they've mm-hmm. at least slightly overachieved their uh, FP plus projection. So basically, they're fourth, and that's probably not high enough. It hasn't caught up to how good they are yet. Um, so that's I mean, we Dillian have he has a nice you know pedigree. He. It seemed like he could become a very good offensive coordinator, but you know his recent record was a little, at least a little mixed, and it was just kind of hard to tell what what he was going to be capable of and, and when he was going to be capable of it. So, um, yeah, the fact that this has come all come together so quickly, you know, I think the biggest thing with with Nick's is you know he was never bad at Auburn. He just had like two or three times a game he would just make a decision that 
just kind of baffled you. And he had one that, that I think it was the first pick against Georgia mm-hmm. uh, where he just doesn't read the safety at all. Safety just has the easiest interception of his life. Um, it was things like that. And so you watch that game, and even though the success rates were good, you're like, yep, that's Bo Nix. Uh, but he really had the control he's played with, the the fast decision-making he's, he's uh, played with so far. He's not improvising as much. He can still do it. Uh, but he's just the control is just something I didn't expect to see, and it's been uh, really, really fun watching the Oregon offense this year. Yeah, it's, it's, it feels like Oregon offensive old. There's no doubt about that. Bill Connolly, our guest, SP Plus, ESPN, at ESPN underscore uh, Bill C on Twitter. Go give him a follow. So I looking at this matchup real quick, Bill, last one for me on Oregon is I, I think the, the model I saw earlier this week has Washington inside the number. The spread somewhere like 13-14, depending on where you're getting it. Is that a, you know, Oregon's past secondary, not great, not elite. Washington can sling it. Just what are the numbers saying? How you feeling about the matchup this weekend? Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing is Oregon's pass defense. You know, obviously Georgia was perfect, and that kind of doomed them to having pretty bad numbers for a while. But it's been a while since that Georgia game, and, and Oregon's pass defense numbers are still really bad. So, you know, considering what we've seen from Washington for a good per, uh, percentage of the year, not necessarily last week, but a good percentage of the year, um, that's obviously – Problematic. That Washington's sixth in passing success rate. Oregon's defense is 107th. You know that's that's not great. Now, I mean, Washington's defense is bad, uh, so that's why Oregon's favored to win. Oregon's, you know, for for everything we can talk about on the Washington side, Oregon's first in rushing success rate, and Washington's defense is 90th. Oregon's first in passing success rate, and Washington's defense is 99th. So um, mm-hmm. that's, you know, it, it's clear who has more of the matchup advantages, but uh, they do have to deal with what has still been on average a very, very good Washington passing game. Who is the committee going to piss off tonight, Bill, in your estimation? And, <laughs> and is the, does the Pac-12 still have a path here? UCLA, USC, and, and Oregon all have one loss. I, I, do, do you hold anything against any one of those programs? Pac-12 still got a shot here? Well, Pac-12 still has a shot. Obviously, I think the keys tonight are where do Tennessee and LSU rank? How far does Tennessee fall, and how high does LSU rise? That's going to tell us a lot about – there's still many paths here. And so, yeah, the Pac-12 is definitely not out of it, but that's going to tell us – that'll give us a sense of of the odds of how realistic it it might be. Because, I mean, Oregon – maybe Oregon's biggest problem right now is Tennessee's probably going to win out. Um, You know, they've – cleared most of their hurdles they that that back-to-back lsu alabama stretch has clinched that they're going to have a great resume and they as as much as georgia felt like they were dominating that game on saturday they lost by 14 and oregon lost by 46 and that's going to be a major problem for oregon uh, if they're the ones that went out here but that doesn't mean it's impossible um you know first of all you know, they're going to have some good wins themselves if they get to 12 and one. They'll, you know, obviously, you know, the schedule is just now picking up for them, and and they've got a lot of uh, you know good defenses coming at them now, better than they've really faced in Georgia. Uh, but they'll have beaten Utah, they'll have beaten Washington for whatever that means. They're kind of borderline ranked. Uh, they'll have beaten a USC type uh, in the Pac-12 championship. They're going to have a solid resume. We're just, I'm real curious about that second SEC spot, whether it's Tennessee or LSU. LSU was five. I, I created for this morning, I created a, uh, what amounts to kind of a BCS-ish formula based yeah. on, you know, my stuff and resume rankings and, and poll averages. And basically last week, LSU was the outlier. There were five uh, spots ahead of where they probably should have been in the CFP rankings. And now that they've beaten Bama, what exactly does that mean for tonight? That's going to be uh, kind of the most infuriating potential right there, I think, is LSU hopping over 
some one-loss teams, despite the fact that they still have two, and, and one of them was a pretty bad one. So <laughs> that's what I'm most curious about, and, and I think the Pac-12's fatal. We'll, we'll learn a lot about it just from those two questions. Wait a minute, Bill. I'm already getting angry just even thinking about wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Bill, Bill, we're, we're, we're really wondering aloud what the committee's going to do with SEC teams? Are we really wondering aloud? Like, I think we know what they're going to do, well, right? It, it, it is funny, though. Um, last week, like the, one, the two biggest outliers last week were LSU. They were, they were five spots higher than they should have been, and Tennessee mm. was two spots higher than they should have been, but at the expense of Georgia. So the teams <laughs> right. that got kind of screwed the most in what I did were Georgia and then like Utah and UCLA, which feels very, you know, right, I guess. Right. I, I love reading, Bill, uh, last one for you. I love reading your, your box score threads and going over. I think my favorite one all year was the Miami-Virginia Tech game. I, that was why was that your favorite I one? I was laughing my ass off reading that, <laughs> not going to lie. Uh, I haven't had the chance, so I missed the Oregon State-Washington one. that you. I don't know if you, I'm assuming you put that out. But uh, last one yeah. for you on our end, we're, we're up against it. But is like we've analyzed it. We're not analytical nerds, but we've analyzed it as good team. They don't have a quarterback. Is, is it as simple as that with Oregon State? Yeah, I mean that's certainly been an issue. The passing game has been a problem. The run game worked, you know, worked perfectly well against Washington the other day. It, it was a really strange missed opportunity for Oregon overall. They won the success rate battle massively. They were they moved the ball far more consistently than Washington did. Washington did. They won the field position battle pretty well, and they got a pick six. They they really should have been up about three touchdowns at halftime. But once they weren't, you know, those early what turnovers on downs, I guess, on in the red zone. Once that didn't happen, Washington was the better team in the second half. And, yeah, and yeah Oregon's kind of one-dimensionality, I guess you could say, on offense uh, backfired a little bit. Yeah, I'm hurting, Bill. You should just come together with me, and we should make a collective NIL. Let's get a quarterback at Oregon State. Huh? I think you and I will both benefit from that. <laughs> Use that SP Plus money. Yeah, Let's go. Missouri's included in this as well. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> I love it. Bill Connolly, give him a follow on Twitter, at ESPN underscore Bill C. He's one of our favorite great college football writer for ESPN. Go check out his piece, too, from a few years back about November football. I love reading that uh, when you put that out on Twitter. Thanks as always, Bill. We appreciate the time, and hopefully we can do it again soon. Sounds good. There you go. Bill Connolly of ESPN. So I guess ESPN. You know that sound you and I are hearing. Yeah. It sounds like you're talking through a tube pipe. It does sound like that, yeah. Swag said that's not what it sounds like over the air. Okay, well, that's good because it sounds horrible in my headphones. It sounds just uh, with uh, with the makeshift phone lines until the permanent phone lines get set Yeah, just just that. All right, well, let's get to a couple of the college football notes in terms of you just asked the question, who's going to be pissed off tonight? The college football rankings are coming out at 4 o'clock. I want to dive into that and then also tell Sprague where he was right but where I think he was wrong. Hey, let's steal a segment from Colin. How about that? That's next on the video. Hey, 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 we're all good. Welcome back in. That actually kind of worked out. Now, now, now. I like that. Well done. That's the remix. By the way, Dirt has a brilliant idea. We've been seeing this on Twitter since night one. I think when the Blazers win, we have something we're going to start playing on the show. Yeah, there's a song out there yeah. that shout out. I don't know who tweeted it, but I've like retweeted it four times. It's hilarious. Kevin Du, he is uh, somebody I follow. Follows okay. me. He's one of those Blazer fans on Twitter that has yeah. funny things all the time. I don't even know the name of the song. I know the song like when I hear it, but I don't know who sang the song and what the song is called. Uh, yeah, I wanna stand with you on a mountain. What song is that? Five zero three two five zero ten eighty. I used to like that song a lot. I mean, it's a jam. I'm not saying it's not a jam. I when just... did you not sing along with right. that song? <laughs> Every time it came on. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be. Yeah, I'm all in. 
Uh, by the way, people are saying it did sound like we were talking through a tube. I, whatever. I, it's going to be a phone thing. Hopefully we get it fixed soon. Good stuff there from Connolly. And at least the guest doesn't sound that way, and it's just our dumb asses. I do want to give you a uh, where Sprague was right, where Sprague was wrong. Okay, let's uh, Does Colin start with wrong? Uh, I don't know. Does he? I don't listen to that segment. I haven't heard that segment know. in a while. I I know he alternates back and forth, but I don't know if he starts with the same thing every okay, time. Okay, I'm wrong. You want the bad news yeah. first and then the yes. good news? Okay. Uh, every time you want the bad news first because you want it to follow <laughs> with good news. Well, here's the funny thing is it's the same thing. So, you're wrong about college football being more open than it has been in a while, mm. but you're also right about college football being more open than it has been in a while. Okay. My theory on this is uh, Alabama is not the team that I thought they were, that anybody thought they were, right? Yeah. Like, Alabama's out. They're toast. They're done. Like, get the hell out of here. They're technically not. Stop it. They're done. They're dead. They're buried. Put the nail in the coffin. Tombstone's up. Dirt's been poured over the grave. See you later, Alabama. You Next beat year. Georgia in the SEC championship Stop game. I Stop it. Stop it. So, college, like, I, like, legitimately, two through whatever team you want to go to, yeah. I think, are super evenly matched. Like, Ohio State's got flash, but they can't win at the line of scrimmage. Michigan doesn't throw the ball a ton, but they're physical, and they can beat you up, right? TCU's defense, not great, but they can sling it around and come back in games. Yep. Oregon's pass secondary is terrible. Their offense is unstoppable. I think there's a lot of fun teams, and it does seem like two through everybody else is wide open right now, and you could tell me who's the second, third, and fourth best teams in the country, and you're going to give me ten different answers, and I can't really disagree with any of them. Where you were wrong is I don't think anybody can beat Georgia. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll admit, like, I think you nailed it. Um, you know, if you get, can we have like a, t- a second place championship this year? Like, just let Georgia get their trophy, and can we all go play for second place? So I kind of I said this yesterday, and I, I'm glad that you put it that way. Because I didn't put it that way, and I think that's perfect. I uh, I I saw a tweet and it said the six and three club, and I saw the, the six tweet. and three club, and I said, oh, this is interesting. I looked at the t- it was teams that are six and three. Oregon State, Oregon State is one of them. Kansas is one of them. Uh-huh. Kansas State is one of them. Oklahoma State is one of them. Like Texas is six and Texas three. Texas is six and three. Suddenly, the six and three club is actually like I want to see these teams play each other. A six and three tournament. And so <laughs> I love that, dude. A little bit of a second place club is not necessarily the playoff itself. I think we're going to get fun bowl games. I'm not normally a big bowl game guy. I'll, I'll just be honest with you. Unless I'm in a bowl game poll, I don't really care about a lot of these games. But I think this year, because of how good Georgia looks, I'm in on the playoff game, not including Georgia. <laughs> if it's Oregon, <laughs> Michigan, I'm all in. Like, I would love that game. Ohio State-Oregon rematch. Yeah. Like, there you go. Let's go. I think everybody else outside of Georgia, we should be enjoying college football. Georgia's ruining this now. They may have taken the mantle from <laughs> Alabama and said, now let us dominate for 20 years. Like, just at the end of the season, they win the SEC, give them the championship trophy, say have, congratulations, yeah. back-to-back, we're going to go do our own playoff. I mean, we had the emperor in Alabama. And we might quit quite literally have watched Georgia pick the emperor up Darth Vader, Vader style and throw him down a, a long shaft. And now we got Darth Vader and the dark side still existing here. I, that probably is what Georgia is. I'm enjoying the two lost teams and the three lost teams. And I'll say this finally, we need to get used to that. Because when you get an expanded playoff, you are going to get some of those fun teams that, oh, their quarterback got hurt. Oh, they stubbed their toe one game. Yeah. Oh, the ball bounced the wrong way. They got a double doink that didn't go for them. 
We need to enjoy those teams because some of those teams are going to be in our playoff. Well, it's also the thing that I've always wanted in an expanded playoff is that teams can get better as the year goes on. Absolutely. Like, well-coached teams, teams that are, especially with the transfer portal and all the new faces, there's no preseason. Oregon is an obvious example of that where they have gotten clearly better as the year go, has gone on. The other team that we all made fun of last week and, hey, let's eat our crow, LSU was that. We saw LSU show up at number 10 in the standings. We're like, what? Get the, a two-loss LSU that got smoked by Tennessee, that lost to Florida State. Like, that's, what are we doing here? But I hated that they got that game. Like, I'm I happy know. they beat Bama, but, I like, know. in the same way, I hate it because the minute they finally get propped up, Bill Conley had them five slots back. Yeah. And we're all kind of thinking the same thing. What? LSU? And here goes the committee. Like where they, they, I know that we'll get to that in the final hour. They where don't they watch show as up. many games as, as as a lot of us, and yet they do something like that, and they get rewarded by being right. Sure, that's what they did to Bama when they put them in the year they didn't go to the SEC title game, and Bama wins the championship. It's like you're right. I just hate when they get rewarded by propping up that damn conference. What I will say though is I just I like the point of expanded playoff because LSU's playing good football now. They are a much better team now and figuring out the offense around Jaden Daniels than God, they were the first good. month of the season, right? Yeah. They were lost and now they're clicking. It's like I want to see that team go compete at the end of the year. I know it's an SEC thing that drives people nuts, but as teams improve, I don't care if you lost in September on Labor Day weekend. Are you playing your best football at the end of the year? Let's give them a chance. So uh, by the way, truly Madly Deeply by Savage Garden is the name of the Savage Garden was Savage the band Garden. name. Yeah. Thank you. There Somebody you tweeted and said uh, that they had heard the shout-out for, for Kev, and he says, I love the idea, but at the same time, I still have PTSD from walking in on my freshman roommate at OSU getting lucky while this song was blasting. <laughs> I mean, that's a great song to get lucky to. I want to stand with I would just hope to last the song. Chance. Like, that would be all I'd be hoping for. Just, no like, chance. let the song get to the next song. No chance. No chance. Unless you're, like, skipping the choruses. Like, I'm going to take a breather here. A lot of foreplay. <laughs> a lot of foreplay. <laughs> All right. Hey, Mail Sack coming up at 8.15. Get your questions in. 503-250-1080. Sports, non-sports. We'll answer them. Uh, Jim Ursay, is he okay? I want to talk about that in the final hour. We'll start, though, with Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus. What does he make of all the craziness in the National Football League? That's where we start the final hour next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 